Welcome to the Hockey Town West podcast. Here to talk all things Griffins, Firebirds, and Walleye are your hosts, Nick Harrington and Brandon Cook. Happy New Year, sir. Happy New Year. Hopefully 2024 Happy... is better than 2023. <laughs> 2023 wasn't that bad. The end of it was pretty rough. Yeah, you were you were down for the count there for what almost two weeks. Yeah, I've I've had the plague three months in a row, October, yeah, November, December. So you start uh taking more vitamins, man. I don't know. Back to running. That's what we decided this morning. Back to running. Oh Back boy, running. that'll help. So. Well, you are severely in debt to the Griffins and the Red Wings <laughs> with your original workout plan that you announced on this podcast. So, yeah, hopefully, hopefully you'll get to work. So, well, we'll have it done by the, the start of new, next season. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You will. We will. Because what, what was it for Griffins' goals? Push-ups. Or well, you know, they start putting six goals a game up again like this. Uh, you're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought we would have found some offensive and stop hitting some posts and start scoring some goals? Oh man, what a I'm so happy that our first episode of the new year is off of a three-game win streak. This is so great. The vibes are good. Vibes are fit. This this is the best they've been. This is the highest the vibes have been charted all season. Except oh, for the probably preseason. <laughs> uh yeah, probably. You're right. Yeah. I would I would say so. Well, we got a lot to talk about since it's been a minute since we've recorded, so we'll jump right into it. We are the Hockey Town West Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon. And I'm Nick. So back from the dead. Back, well, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> no, you look like you're definitely more alive. I think if we would have tried to do this Friday, it would have been a whole different story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm glad we did not do that. So let's jump into it. The Griffins came back from the Christmas break uh, and played in Rockford against the Ice Hogs, uh, a team they're pretty evenly matched with when it comes to the standings and most statistics, honestly. So we knew this would be a good game, and uh, it was. It was a very good game uh, all across the board, especially for the Griffins' defense in this one. So Sebastian Costa got the start in this one, played extremely well, but he wasn't really tested too much in this game. He made big saves when he had to. But the Griffins ended up winning this game 4-2. to two. Uh, Rockford only had 16 shots on goal. Five in the first, six in the second, and five in the third. Grand Rapids had 26 shots on goal. Seven in the first, ten in the second, and third or nine in the third. And the power play went one for two, and Rockford's power play went two for two. So Rockford's only goals were on the power play. Uh, that's kind of a trend with a couple of these games here. But, man, like defensively, that was – let's go back to the start of the season, you know. We're giving up 18 18- – 19 shots in the first period and suddenly this Griffins team is stringing together games where we're only allowing 16 17 shots in a game yeah what do you think changed I think the system I think honestly they're clamping down defensively they saw that this worked in Milwaukee when they played Milwaukee the last two times and so if they play that style I mean they've cleaned up the turnovers the last three games, I've seen a lot more puck possession in the offensive zone, and they start fast. They start fast. The game ends up, the ice is tilted Grand Rapids' way. So I think between them meshing, they're starting to gel with Dan Watson's system, and they're starting to gel as a team. And we knew the the, the international kids were going to start figuring it out by right around this time. So I think everything's starting to click with them. Uh, yeah. And you're seeing more points come from the defensive side. I mean, like the first goal in this game was Josiah Didier. Like the guy who needs to get on the score sheet a little more here. And he finished with a plus three. Yeah. Plus three in this game. Yeah. Played very well. And remind you that this is a game where Simon Edmondson still called up to Detroit. They don't yeah. have Simon in this one. And they keep this Rockford team to 16 shots. Like. You can you can see Simon's absence on the penalty kill clearly with Rockford getting going two for two, but I mean guys like Albert Johansson, Antituamisto, William Volinder, they're all stepping up big right now, and I mean it's safe to say that if Simon Edmondson's gone, the top two defensemen on this team are Albert Johansson and Antituamisto. There's no way yeah. around it; they are playing incredibly. Tuamisto has settled in so quickly. And I think that stretch of going to, you know, playing in college, then going overseas and coming back, 
I think it's helped him so much in his development. Yeah, I I think this team, it's funny, as I was watching last night too, and the team plays very different with Sarnik in the lineup. They play a lot faster. They play a lot more. They're like putting the other team on their heels. And I was thinking too, is since Tua has been in the lineup regularly, like this team is very different too defensively. Like we're giving up less goals. We've, we're we're playing better. Uh, there's yeah. less turnovers. You notice too, like I I might be out of line here, but McIsaac hasn't played the last three games either. <laughs> um, McIsaac did play in this Rockford game when they went. So Rockford when they play Rockford and when they go when we get to the Chicago game, they went eleven and seven these nights because of all yeah. the call ups. Um, they hadn't made any call ups from Toledo yet. Uh, so he did play, but. He didn't make any mistakes. He wasn't noticeable. So, like, that's a good thing. Like, afraid of he was definitely yeah. he was definitely staying being the stay at home defenseman in the these games. But I mean, you brought up speed since the Christmas break. This team has come back faster than they've played all season. All of them, even like I swear, Elmer Soderblom got new skates for Christmas. He's flying out there. Like, I don't. There's little jet boosters on him or something. I don't know. Like, he's that's the fastest I've seen that big man move. All yeah. year, to compete, the hustle is we're seeing it more consistently as well with this team. Yeah, I mean everybody played well in this game. I mean, like you said, Didier with his plus three that night had a fantastic game. Um, Volender, you know, he had an assist. He was a plus two. Soderblom goal and assist plus two. Um, Carter Mazer at this point starting to heat up. He gets a goal in this game. He had three shots on goal. Dom Shine was a plus two. Marco Casper and Amadeus Lombardi both had an assist and were both a plus one. I mean, all the guys that you need to be playing well are suddenly playing well. The other storyline of this game is that Tara Hirose did leave this game injured, um, which sucked. So he hasn't played since this game. Uh, the Griffins did end up calling up Alexander Doucette again from Toledo in his absence, and uh, he got to play Friday night. We go transition over to the Chicago game where the, the Griffins go to Chicago and you know it's a team that coach is still suspended, but they've been playing very well uh for their standard, I guess. Because I mean, let's be real, this independent team has been trash all season. They're last in the division. I think they will finish last in the division. But suddenly they were stringing some good things together here. And one of the things they've shown together is their power play. It is unreal. Yeah. Chicago Wolves have the they're the worst one of the worst teams in the league, but they have the top power play in the league. And we got to see it in action Friday night. And I mean, they went three for five on us. And for them, they wish they had a few more because that's the only goals they scored. The Griffins won this game six to three. I this is this is the game where things were like, okay, I did it, I've done it every time we've played Chicago this year. I get really <laughs> excited and I'm like, yeah. oh God. Here we go. Something's really clicking. But playing the Rockford game and then seeing how they played the Wolves in Chicago, I mean, it's not an easy environment to play in. It's a massive arena. So seeing 8,000 in attendance, that's only half yeah. full for them. But it's not an easy place to play against a team that, what do they have to prove at this point? They just go out there and try to their best to win games. They don't They don't play soft on anybody. They, they are a tough team for being how terrible they are. But man, the Griffins just outplayed and walked them up and down the ice in this game. It was crazy, except for the power plays. Like that penalty kill is something we'll talk about. It's a little bit of a concern right now. But they win the six to three. Griffins, 34 shots on that. Chicago, 25. In the first period, Chicago had five. Grand Rapids had 14. Like they just came out again with speed in compete, and they wanted this game. I think you I think you texted me at the beginning of this one. You're like, the boys want this one tonight. Yeah, they were going for it. Yeah, Michael Hutchinson got the start in this one. He stopped 22 of 25. He played really well. It was his first game being back from Detroit. Um, looked good out there. The team looked good in front of him. But at this point, the you know, the wings still had Zarnik. They still had Bergie, and they still had uh, – or no, the Edmondson was back in this one. So that was nice. That was a nice little boost right there. I think when – I think they announced that the day before the game, and I think Andrew Rinaldi did text us, and he was like, Chicago's about to get bodied. <laughs> yeah. they, they, they did because <laughs> like 
we've talked defensively that the team is playing better than you get a guy like Simon Edmondson back from Detroit and the team around him didn't miss. Like they didn't play any less hard because Simon was back. I feel like everything is just gelled so well together now. And he's been paired up with two Amisto and the first game they played together was not good, but every game since then that they've been paired up, it's been amazing. Yeah. I mean, Simon was a plus one in this one. Tuomisto was even, but Tuomisto had a goal, which was a sick little goal in this one. And I mean, on top of that, too, got to mention that Carter Mazur gets his fourth goal in five games in this game. Carter's the on seventh a seventh of the season. He's on a heater. The other... Everyone. Oh, oh good. I was saying, everyone that needs to start playing well in the absence of some key players like Zarnik and Berge, it, they're playing well. And I think you, I think I know exactly who you're going to bring up next, Marco Casper. Yep, he is like <clears throat> he is playing. He's really getting the swing of things. I had to look today. I was looking at the rookie stats for the league, and he's leading. He's not leading, but he's in like the top twenty for rookies for assists. And I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. I didn't. I wouldn't. I didn't think that. You know, uh, watching him play, he's just kind of being doing his job quietly. You know, he and this. Game, he finished with one goal, two assists, a plus two, and four shots on that. Like, he's finding his groove. And between him and then also Dominic Shine's coming along, and then you also have Joel Lesperance, who's also hitting a stride uh, in these three games. So, like, your veterans are picking it up, and your rookies are starting to figure it out over here at International. Like, Casper, Lombardi's not International, but, I mean, he's he's getting it together as well. And then... um, I thought Doucette played well this week too. You know, I thought he played really well. That line, I mean, so they went eleven and seven again in this game, and he was paired up with Lombardi, but he was kind of all over the place uh, with them being eleven and seven. And running eleven and seven, the it works, but you got to. The one thing that can't happen is you can't have an injury, and you can't have a guy be out of the game for a long period of time. And unfortunately, Didier had a ten minute misconduct in this game, so he went down a defenseman for a good chunk of time. And that was probably the only point in time where Chicago really like picked up picked up their rhythm. Um, it was later in the second period, but I fully support Didier's decision to go for this fight because yeah. Lombardi takes a nasty check from behind, and yep. Didier didn't hesitate. Immediately dropped the gloves with the dude. <laughs> stood, up, stood up for the kid, did what the captain should be doing, and uh, got the best of the guy, too. That's about the best we've seen Didier fight this season. Normally, we just see him kind of there. He actually he went for it. He was, he was not he was happy. Yeah. Yeah, he and was then- pissed. <laughs> they showed uh, ammo on the bench, and you're just like, you just look so innocent. Like, I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> He's such an innocent child. That's so funny. Oh, yeah. That was, you know, in again, that's about the only point in the game where Chicago really got their momentum. But, you know, talk about the guys that played well. We said Mazer, we said Tumisto, we talked about Casper. You know, Casper, goal, two assists, plus two. Cross Handis got a goal that he didn't even think went in the net. Yeah, he they had to look was at an that absolute snipe. Oh my god! Um, but he played. That, that's a goal that that kid really needed. I don't know if it was a look of shock when he put his hands on his head. Like he's like that went in, or it's like, oh my god, I finally scored a goal. <laughs> yeah. One of those two. Um, Carter Mazer goal and assist. Uh, Elmer Soderblom back to back games with points here. He had an assist in this one. He was plus one. Zach Aston Reese. Plus one, he had an assist. Les Perrault's got a goal. He was plus two, five shots on goal. Tumi still got his goal. And, you know, that's, that's – oh, Shine got a goal. Shine, sorry, how do I glance over this? Shine, a goal and three assists, plus four in this game. Yeah, he was buzzing. Fresh off his new AHL contract. So Shine has been extended yeah. through next season, which I'm – at first we were like, huh? That's a weird time to do that. But – They should have did it sooner. Based on how he's playing, <laughs> it makes sense, and I'm I'm happy to see that we're keeping him around for another season. I think he's a he's a key veteran piece to this team, whether he got the captaincy or not. He is a key leader on this team, and I'm happy to see that we're going to get to keep him around. So that's good. But dude, this game was fun, man. It had a little bit of everything. It had the fights, it had the goals, it had great goaltending. Hutchinson made some big saves, even though he wasn't as tested as Adam Shield was. But it it was good, and like you said. The kids played well. It played very well. I thought it was weird for them to start because we'll transition to the next. I like we'll transition to the next game, but I thought it was weird that they started Hutch back to back, Chicago and then Cleveland after coming back from Detroit. 
you know, I understood it when I kind of looked at the numbers more. Because when Coast played Cleveland, he had a couple rough games. Um, Hutch, his last game against the Wolves, he had shut him out. They, of course, were going to play him again. And, I mean, you are going to go with the hot hand at this point when you're trying to string some wins together. It's no offense to Kosa. I think he understands what's going on. I mean, Hutch comes back fresh out. He got NHL time. Like He, yeah. got, he got to play a game. He got to get up to that speed. You've got to kind of run with the guy that's got that experience right now. He played well um, in Detroit, too, I thought. I thought he played very well in that game. He gave the, he gave the team a chance to win, and that's all you can ask for the goaltender. The team in front of him was just absolute. Um, yeah. Interesting. Words. Words we can't <laughs> words we shouldn't say. I do have a new with my new tool, I do have a new bleep button. I can do it automatically, but oh okay. Maybe that for special times, you know. The vibes are good. Uh, one are thing good. before we move on to the Cleveland game though, it should be mentioned Rock or not Rockford, Chicago's uh Chris Terry, who was a former Griffin, did get his three hundredth AHL goal. Uh so of course it came against his former team. We kind of called that before the game. <laughs> but, yeah, on the power play um, too. Yeah, it was. It was a nice goal. Again, their power play is ridiculous, but good for him. Happy, uh, I've always liked him as a player. He's he's an absolute workhorse. He's a he's a player just like you know your Joel Lesperances, your Riley Barber. You know those guys who are really established in the AHL as scorers. That's who Chris Terry is. So good for him. Uh, mad it came against us, but I guess it can't go any better way for him. So, anyways, time to talk about Cleveland, the New Year's Eve game, which neither of us went to. <laughs> <laughs> which it was a packed house 10,800 people yeah a uh, sellout and man going into this cleveland was like seven and oh in their last seven like yeah it was i was nervous going into this game really? i was terrified well like cleveland's good we've struggled with them this season already they have one of my least favorite players on the team so usually it all backfires on there and yeah. you know a sellout crowd you're thinking okay we haven't seen one of those all season really are they going to disappoint 10,000 people or are they going to put on a show <laughs> and they put on an absolute clinic they did against this red hot cleveland team griffins win this one five to one out shooting them 38 to 27 again another period first period where the griffins come out with 17 shots on goal uh, cleveland did have 11 and you know, second period, Cleveland had eight, Griffins had nine. Third period, Griffins had 12, Cleveland had eight. Griffins do go over three on the power play. Cleveland goes one for two. Um, so that means yeah. the past three games, every goal the Griffins have allowed has been a power play goal for the opponent. So five on five is real good. Five right on now. five is looking real good. Right <laughs> now. Oh, they, um, they really let them play yesterday, too. They just, I know you didn't get to watch, you didn't get to watch a whole lot of it, did you? Uh, no, I got to watch the first period and then the floodgates opened after I walked out the door. <laughs> well, thank God. Um, yeah, they All just right. let them play. I mean, it was, it was a good game back and forth. The goals were greatly spaced apart for me, <laughs> for me to keep up. <laughs> but, go yeah. ahead and run through it. Um. Yeah, I mean, you say they let them play. I only see eight minutes of penalties for Cleveland, six minutes for Grand Rapids. Like, they're all little penalties. Like, one of the Griffin's penalties is just a delay-up game, which, I mean, I'm guessing the puck got shot over the glass at some point or something like that. Um, I do see a penalty shot on here. Can you kind of walk me through that? Yeah, so Cross Hannes got on the breakaway, and they took him down from behind, and they gave him the penalty shot. He worked his way up. He ran out of real estate, tried to uh, get it in at the end. Uh, a little deacon ran out of real estate, went to put it in, and uh, Kajan's pads were there, uh, right there at the bottom. And then then Cross kind of like jumped into the boards at the end. It was kind of weird. Um, I did clip it. I had it ready to go, and I didn't post it because I was like, yeah, he, did, he didn't finish it. And then the other part is, uh, Albert Johansson scored like right after. <laughs> so I was like, all right, let's jump back to this and get uh, get that goal. So it's That's saved. In the okay, that makes sense. If you need to see it, if you want to see it. But uh, yeah, I did save it. So I, I want to understand the strategy for Cleveland there to take down Cross Hannis on a breakaway. Like he hasn't scored on one of those this season. Like, Well, that was the reason why they took him down. They knew he wasn't going to do it. 
They were hoping for the penalty, probably. Oh, man. Yeah, so, I mean, you can't talk about this game without talking about the major standout in this one, which is... Uh, Austin Sardik? No, but he Jonathan, was back. Jonathan Berrigan? No, but he was back, too. And Doucette got to stay in the lineup because Rossi was still injured. So, uh, no, I mean, Albert Johansson. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> two, two goals. The one goal I need to go back through because you didn't see it until the second replay on it. But the pass comes from Sarnik, I believe, and it comes off of the boards. So... Albert didn't get the initial pass. It came off of the boards, and then he let it rip, and it went in. So, I mean, it was pretty sweet the way he did it. Um, but the replay that was showed kind of shows, like, he got that pass from Sar. I believe it was a, the first goal. It was the starting goal, uh, assist, not yeah, the Edmonton yep. one. So, um, so, yeah, I mean, that was two goals. They were trying to force him at the end for the Hattie uh, <laughs> because I think Cleveland – I can't remember what happened at the end of the game, but either there was a penalty near the end and they were just trying to load Albert Johansson up to get that third goal. They kept trying to pass it to him, even though other people were open for the goal, but uh, they, they were trying to feed him. They were trying to get him it. It makes sense to me. Feed that hand. My God, two goals in this game for him. Uh, what is he here? Two goals plus two, five shots on goal, leading the team in shots that night. Like something about playing on New Year's Eve. Albert wanted it, man. That's the that's the most production we've seen out of him all season. And yeah, it was. What a better time to get it, like against this tough team. Like, again, boys that needed to step up and produce did. I mean, Lesperance gets a goal in this one. Aston Reese and Evanson getting assists on that. Mazer gets his fifth and sixth games. That goal like, was sick. The way yeah, that was, was set up, just a oh. one touch cross ice pass to him, and he broke through. Like. I couldn't have asked for any, like you couldn't have asked for a better setup on that. Yeah. The, the result of the, the top line that was created for this game is a talking point. I want to hit at the ad after the ad break here. Cause some, some, it was changed up and I'm a big fan, but yeah, I mean, Mazer got that goal. That's his eighth of the season. Les Francis was his ninth. You know, Johansson gets goal two and three on the year. Zach Aston Reese gets the goal again. Of course, though, it wouldn't be a game against the Monsters without Fix Polanski getting on the freaking score sheet, <laughs> getting an assist on their one goal, ruining that shutout. Like, uh, what is this? We can't we can't protect the shutout. Only one. No. I was so ticked. I was hoping we <sighs> did it. It but. sucks. Poor, poor Hutch. He gets so close to getting these shutouts, and it's always late in the third period. Something stupid happens, and there we go. But, man, 5-1 to one against this team. That's the boys got to be feeling good right now. Dan should be feeling good. The coaches should be feeling good. The players should be feeling real good. I am super happy with what the results are these past few games. It has completely changed my outlook on the season. And, you know, we said post Christmas, like what we, what we do before Christmas in Texas is going to kind of be the tell, but what we come back from Christmas and do right before the end of the year will be the tell of what this team could possibly do. These three games are what we all envisioned uh, these this year's Grand Apex Griffins being. Yeah, I mean, we took Rockford, who is right above us in the standings, I believe. Uh, we'll check no, that. we passed them now. Okay. <laughs> no, we're, so, we're tied 28 points apiece. So we took somebody that's right above us, right tied with, uh, and we beat them. And then we take the bottom. We didn't let that drop in going into Chicago against one of the worst teams in our division. And we well, one of the worst teams in the league. And we beat them soundly. And then we take Cleveland, who's the top of their division, which I was surprised at when I was looking at the standings last night. I was like, Cleveland's that? Like, we played Cleveland pretty well. The one game we lost was the puck incident. Don't want to forget that. And then the second one, the second one, I think it was like it was close. I believe it was in like overtime or something. It was. It was close. Then, it was in Cleveland too. In Cleveland. And then we come back to this one and we beat them. Cleveland's played 30 games. They have 21 wins, eight losses, and one overtime loss. I mean, a winning percentage coming into or even after last night's game, a winning percentage of 0.71. They're on a tear. I mean, the last 10, they're seven and three. And we're one of those, one of those three is us. So that's 
it's just a well-coached, well-disciplined team right now with some of the best shooters in the AHL. I mean, like I mentioned, Fix Solansky is one of the best scorers in the AHL. It, it's ridiculous how good of a player he is. I'm pretty sure he's, I got to say he's in the top five for goals right now. Watch me get completely wrong here, but oh, he's in the top 10 in assists. He's in the top ten for points as well. It's it's crazy. I just I look at the teams and the guys we played recently. Like you know, we went we played all those games against Texas before the Christmas break, and the top two point scorers in the AHL are two of their forwards. Yeah. Uh, you know, you go to play the Wolves, and fifth yeah, the guy in fifth for points right now in the AHL. It's Rocco Grimaldi on the Chicago Wolves, you know, and then we come and play against these Cleveland Monsters and, you know, guys top 10 in scoring and Fix Solansky. And we were able to mostly shut down these players in these games, except for those two guys in Texas. We don't talk about them. (laughs) Yeah, we talked enough about them. Exactly. But what a, what a great stretch of games to come back from the Christmas break for. We're going to hit an ad break, kind of dive into a couple things with it. We're going to talk to the PK because that's something that's got to be talked about. And I want to talk about that top line. And then we get some Toledo updates too. So we'll send it over to DraftKings and come back and talk about that. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. It's expired 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help bail for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort, 21 plus age raised by jurisdiction, Warren, Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDK ng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms responsibly gaming resources NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks National Hockey League copyright NHL 23 all rights reserved alright so we got, we got to talk about the elephant in the room which is the sudden the sudden collapse of our penalty kill like I don't want to say collapse like we're not losing games based off of it thank god because we're suddenly scoring a bunch of goals which is something we weren't doing before but like we said, the past three games between Rockford, Chicago, and Cleveland, the only goals our opponents scored were on the power play. So we went into Christmas break with a penalty kill that we were raving about, you know, patting Brian Lash off on the back. Apparently we, we talked too kindly and things have fallen apart a little bit. So we got to talk crap about it so it gets fixed. Like that's how this goes. As soon as we talk crap about something, the hockey gods reward us. So <laughs> our PK is at 74.5% now of the season. It is one of the lower ones in the league. It's not the lowest, but it's one of the lower ones here. And, I mean, overall, our power play is only operating at 18.6% on the season. So special teams right now continue to be the struggle. Thank God, five on five, the boys have figured it out. But what really kept us in games before was our special teams. And now... It's fallen off. I, I really don't understand. What do you think the difference has been lately? Um, it's hard to say because I would. S- we have had some players in and out of the lineup. So we've had right. Sarnik out. We've had Bergie up and down. Uh, Zach Aston Reese got called up today. The wait, Zach Aston Reese got called up today. Yep. Oh, I didn't even see this yet. Yeah, Zach Aston Reese got called up today. I don't know why. I didn't dig into it. Um, he has been playing well, but um, it's hard to say if it's team, if it's player personnel, or if it's just been they kind of figured us out now. You know, I need to be able to watch more on the penalty kill and see if, if something's changed. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It, it's a tough one for me. So what I. We've talked about it before, and we said that, you know, one of the biggest things that I had a problem with is that I, I could predict a lot of what was going to come next in the power play. And I still haven't seen any change there. The zone entry is still the exact same. It, it 
there's just no change. If teams are studying tape like every team does, especially now, like video coaching is so important in the AHL, even just like it is in the NHL. If you're studying this power play and this penalty kill, it's pretty easy to solve, honestly. The penalty kill, you just need to get cross-crease passes on the team, and you're going to have a, a chance where the goalie is going to be committed to one side. And if you can get it to the other, the goalie's not – he's going to get left hung out to dry there. The defense isn't preventing that cross-crease action. And then on the power play, you know, zone entry is still the same thing. Get it in a little bit and ship it over to the left or right point and try to establish your, your dominance from there. It's not working. It worked great at the start of the season, but we've got to adjust. We've got to pivot from here. And that's what I'm concerned with. Like, uh, that's the, I'm seeing a lack of change from the assistant coaching staff. They want to commit to the thing that's worked before, but they're not doing anything different to correct it if it's starting to fall to the wayside. Do you think that, are they playing more of a box or more of a diamond? More of a box. That's what I thought too. Yeah, definitely more of a box there. I mean, a power play operating at 18%. I know we said we're going to talk about the penalty kill. A power play operating at 18% is it's, it's not not good. Again, it's not the worst one in the league. It's not the best. It's it's just really kind of meh. But with the offensive firepower that's on this team, you'd expect it to be operating at a lot higher clip there. And the Knights were running 11-7. and seven. We're obviously running two defensemen on the power play too, which is really un, unusual for a normal power play. You're usually running one defenseman piggybacking it in a bunch of, you know, your forwards. But 74% of the penalty kill, I mean, time shorthanded now, 102. Our power play opportunities have started to balance out. We're at 97 power play opportunities. We're right in line with the rest of the division here, unless you're Milwaukee. Uh, they're still getting screwed left and right, it looks like, by the officials. But, I mean, the I don't bottom. know. I mean, <laughs> Grand Rapids is bottom of the penalty kill for the league. Is it officially the worst? Yep. By point three. I say I have it just by division right now, but uh, I mean I say the power play is not the worst. I see Utica at twelve point one percent. Wow, that's that's bad. But yeah, man, I, I don't know. It's concerning. Well, I think tough. it's things. It's but, tough too because you have Chicago Wolves, who's got the best power play in the league. You've got Texas as the second one. You've got Manitoba six in the league with the best power play percentage, and then Milwaukee, and then Iowa, and then Rockford's 11th. So, like, we're going up against one of the better, like, our division has the best power play teams in the entire conference or in, te- in the entire league. So, it's if we're giving up a lot of opportunities, they're getting a lot of chances. I don't know if we're helping them inflate it or, or what. But looking at that's kind of interesting, though. You know, those teams. I mean, you make are, a good point. I didn't think about it like that. Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, it's that's odd. It's an odd way to look at it. But everybody in our division is in the top eleven, top ten, top. I mean, top, top eleven, top eleven. Rock for being eleven in in the power so the play. Power play. I mean, we're fifteenth in the league. So and where are they? And they're at twenty percent. I mean, Cleveland's only up by by 0.4%, and Iowa's at 20.5%. So, I mean, it's they're very close. The power play does need to be at about 20% for us to be in the middle of the pack for our, league, or for our division. But, yeah, their penalty kill, there's worse nobody. In the we're worse in the league, but we don't have anybody in the top 10 in our division for penalty kill. The Wolves are 13th. They're the best in our division. And Rockford's number 20th. One, number one power play in the league and 13th in the division or the league in penalty kill. And you're the worst team in the division with the record. That it's, the the math don't math here, but yeah, I'd be interested to see what it was last year. Tell you. To see like what was there any correlation? I mean, Hershey Bears is second right now for penalty kill, and Hershey's been, I mean, Hershey won it last year. They're at 86. Yeah. So last year, Hershey's power play was 18th best in the league. We were, we were 25th. Um, and then the penalty kill, we were 29th out of 32. The uh, Hershey, who won it, obviously was 11th. 
So you really, I mean, if you want to go by that standard, being middle of the pack is where you want to be, and the power play is right where it needs to be, I guess. I mean, it could be, like, again, 20% is the goal. The penalty kill, though, not much improvement from last year. I mean, it, it, we ended the year at 76.1%. We're, what, 78% right now? Oh, I can tell you. Give me one second. Clicked off that screen here. 74.5. Okay, so it's worse. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It Again, a penalty kill with a lot of kids on it that are just trying to figure their way out in this league, it's going to it's going to be a little rougher, but that's, that's pretty bad. And uh, it was something where when we talked about this three, four weeks ago, it was in the top 15 in the league. So it is taking a dramatic dive again, against some very good teams in the power play. We were talking Texas, Chicago and Rockford, you know, but in Cleveland and Chicago, we played against Chicago too. I, I'm just really glad the offense has come together and is producing five on five. Or, you know, we'd be having a much different conversation where these teams are losing and they're only scoring, or this team's losing, we're only scoring one or two goals in the game and we got blown out by our penalty kill. Like, if we lose that Chicago game three to two because of our PK, we lose yeah. the Rockford game. Like, that, this is a whole different conversation. So that's how how close this division is your, your your pk can't be that bad it can't so hopefully before the next game here we see some improvement when it comes to that or we'll have some more questions but i mean i'm sure that's obviously if it if it's on this low-end podcast radar it's definitely on the coach's radar that <laughs> you know they know about it so yeah we'll We'll see. Hopefully there's some stability. Hopefully Detroit gets healthy here. Knowing that Zach has to get called up again is uh, concerning. But it's also very strange to me that Zach has gets called up and Bergie and Zarnik don't. I'm really trying to figure out what happened there. So I can't figure out who's injured either. But speaking of the offense, let's talk about this new top line that was developed uh, last night that we haven't seen play together yet this season. And uh, it should get Red Wings fans pretty excited. Are you talking uh, Mr. Lombardi, Doucette, Crosshandis? No, that was our fourth line, but that line should have gotten a lot of people excited too. I was really <laughs> excited for that. I was really disappointed that that was just our fourth line. Um, no, I mean, Jonathan Berggren, Carter Mazur, and Austin Zarnick on the same line together, running the top line. and. Yeah. Look at the numbers they produced last night. I mean, it was insane. They played extremely well together. And, I mean, when you think about a Berggren and, and a Mazer together with a, an established center like Zarnik, who can obviously play NHL minutes or AHL minutes, you put those two around any center that's on the Detroit Red Wings currently, and the results are going to be positive. Like, I'm not banging the call-up Mazer right now drum, obviously. He's just getting on this heater finally. We're finally starting to see him come back from his injury. But if he can maintain this pace through the rest of the season, not obviously, I don't expect him to be a goal per game like he I is do. almost right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he did last like, season. I mean, that's fair. Pretty close. But if he can do that and keep that going, and that's the line that ends up staying together, even with them being called up here and there, I'm talking, you know, Bergie or Zarnik. Being able to establish himself as the top line forward on there instead of Tim Gettinger is only positives for this organization. And seeing it, I know it was only one game, but if I'm Dan Watson, how do I break that up in the next game? I mean, the second goal of the game was Mazur from Zarnik and Berge. And the third goal of the game, Johansson, Zarnik, Berge on the assist there. And then Johansson, Edmondson, Zarnik. I mean, that, that top line there was on the ice for three of those five goals last night. Yeah which we've talked about the top line in the beginning of the season where it was Hiroshi, Berge, and Gettinger, and we were normally talking about goals against. It was a yeah. liability line at that point. So if Carter is able to get into that top line space and make up for the defense that Berge kind of lacks, we know that's the biggest hole in his game is defensively. If Carter can supplement that and Zarnik is the most stable center on the team, like that's only positives. You don't what? break that up. Plus, I felt like you were seeing a lot more like 
the other team was pinpointing. They were keying in more on Bergy, Sarnik, and Mazer because they're goal scorers, which left Albert Johansson open <laughs> for those goals. So they left them open for those opportunities to finish. I think it's yeah. like looking at this lineup for yesterday, they had Tim Gettinger, Marco Casper, and Elmer Soderblom on a line. Like, you just have the Twin Towers, like, right next to Casper. <laughs> Those you are really some big do. dudes. Um, but even Casper played well yesterday. So, I mean, if you could get him and Soderblom going, I mean, I think that helps. You got Lombardi and Cross was starting to create some chemistry, too. And Shine and Lesby, like, those two right there were creating some, uh, some good chemistry the last three games. So, I mean, this lot, like, I like these. I think some of these guys can be moved around. I mean, I don't want to see the Mazer, Sarnik, and Bergy line swap now. No. I felt like that was doing well. But I did see Lombardi and Casper uh, matched up together a couple times last night, too. I was like, well, that's weird because I know they both play center. But um, Are they playing on the power play? Uh, possibly. I can't that makes remember. Sense. So, but to, I mean, to throw those two kids out on the power play, too, I mean, that speaks. Uh, well, I don't know if Fire Power Play is not doing so well because they're kids. And, <laughs> and two, you know, um, I mean, they're, just, they're trying to get it together, you know. Well, it should so, also be noted, I mean, missing two games there with Hiroshi, he's one of the top power yeah. play goal scorers on this team. Um, but Carter Mazer has now tied him for power play goals with each of three apiece. The the hot take I have when it comes to this line, I mean, Hiro- this line is obviously the way it is because Hiroshi is injured. Yeah, but when Hiroshi comes back, I'm I'm sorry with the way I, the production. I know he's he's the top point scorer on the team right now through 24 games played for himself. He's got 22 points, 16 assists, six goals. I don't put him back on the top line. No, you you put him in with Lesby and Shine on the second. That's where he goes. Where now, he goes. where is that Gaston Reese? I mean, if he's there or not, like you're just gonna move him down to Lombardi Hanna's line or you move Gettinger down, but I mean, Gettinger's been kind of cold the last few games, I'll be honest. Yeah, I mean, Carter Mazur, he's played, he's, he's played 23 games, Gettinger's played 27, and Mazur's got one less point than him now. He's completely caught up to him in these last few games here. And Gettinger started um, off really hot at the beginning of the season. Like, that's where our he, goals were go- coming from. He came out really hot. I mean, even Brogan Rafferty's catching up to him. He's only two points behind him. Yeah. And that's something Brogan. we've been lately, we've said, you know, Countless times, like, oh, I don't know what's going on here, but he's a uh, he's playing well too suddenly. So, I mean, every we're starting to see the production, right? You know, we finally have a guy on the team who's got almost ten goals in the season. In Les France, he's got nine, um, leading the team in goals, which is a complete one eighty from where we were at three weeks ago. You know, Carter Mazur's in second for that now. Your top five is Lesby, Mazur, Bergy. Gettinger and Rossi when it comes to goals. And, you know, you're talking assists here. That's obviously Taro, but with 16, and then Berge, Edmondson, and Rafferty and Shine. Like the, the production starting to come out of places where it wasn't before, which is great. I mean, Marco's catching up there too. He's seventh on the team in assists. And Johansson's catching up there with less games than almost everybody on the team, except for Zarnik. Um, Zarnik's just a special case. So, it's good to see the way things are coming together, but yeah, the, I mean, the hot take of that is Taro Hirose does not go back onto the first line. I don't think Tim Gettinger goes back onto the first line either. I, I just, I think the things stay the way they are. Now, if Bergy gets called up, what do I do? I don't know. I, I guess Taro goes back to the top line there, but maybe see Elmer there. I like the way he's playing lately. Or you move Shine up. Like the way he's playing lately too. I like the way the whole team's playing lately. That'd be an interesting. There's not really moment. anything negative to talk about, but at the same time, like, I, well, I, you I, just I like, did. Well, <laughs> right. But at the same time, I like the top line where it's at. Don't change it right now. Yeah. I know it was one game, but don't change it. Yeah. We haven't had an offensive and defensive stable top line yet this season, and against one of the hottest teams in the league, they shut him down and produced three goals as a line. I'm here for that. Yes, All right. Sir. Any final game. thoughts on this Griffin's three game win streak? Uh, that feels good to say. No, I just, we're in our next two games are against Iowa at Iowa. So uh, 
What? What does that fit? Oh. <laughs> it's like you're like, uh, no. Uh, nope, yeah. It's at Iowa against Iowa. Yeah. Against so, our old friend. Our old friend, Mr. Uh, ben Simon. So, I mean, I'm hoping. I mean, they're, they're two road wins. They're two road games. Maybe we split them. Maybe we take them both. It's uh. It's gonna be interesting. How do you know what we did previously against Iowa? Uh, I think this is our first matchup with them of the season, sir. We haven't played them yet this year. Dang, that's weird. Okay. Yeah, we'll have a whole preview episode for them, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we're ahead of them in the division right now. That's what I'll tell you before that episode. Do we need to keep our foot on the gas? I mean, the top five in our division getting the playoffs are currently there. Um, I did look at something kind of funny. Um, for October, we won two games, lost four. November, we won four, lost six. December, we won five, lost eight. So January, we have 10 games. And we are continually improving in the win column and also in the losing column. <laughs> well, I think this might be our first month over 500. I've got a good feeling. Just looking at looking at our schedule entirely, I mean, if we can walk into Iowa and do some damage there, which the way Wallstead's been playing late, lately and that team's been playing, I think we have a good chance. And then, you know, we got a Milwaukee winning Wednesday in there. We've got two games at home against Rockford and then two games in Manitoba against a struggling Manitoba team. And then we got Rockford again back home for another winning Wednesday. And then we close out the month with Belleville uh, in town with hopefully some revenge on those, that, that team there. Yeah, because those are two games we should have won. Yeah. I mean, that's a team that's also played well. They're 6-3, they're six 6-3-1 and, three, six, three and one in their last 10. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, I, I think January could be a great month. Especially because it looks like when we play Milwaukee, Mr. Askarov has been called up to the NHL. Yeah. So he got his first win the other night. So good for him. But that's someone I'd, I'd be happy with not having to play against. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I'm hoping. I mean, we're only what two games out of 500 being 500. Um. Yes. No. One now. We are 12 one. and 13, sir. So one game, I think <clears throat> we kind of called it, you know, after Christmas, after New Year's, the start of the new year, this team should be gelled, should be going. We just saw three games in a row that they've won. Two of those are on the road. One just, at home. Which is, I think we double their road wins for the season in, in those two games. So, I mean, it, things are clicking, which is when good. You say, when you say get the team to 500, you got to remember with, with how weird this division is, there's only two teams in this division above 500. That's so weird. In in Milwaukee and Texas. So, I mean, Texas is just on an absolute tear, and they're probably going to win the division. Let's be real. I, I don't think anything changes. I still don't think a single player from the Texas Stars has been called up to Dallas this season. So they've, they've been able to keep that whole squad together with one of the best rookies in the AHL paired up with another guy who's absolutely tearing it up. So that's terrifying. But at the same time, to get over 500 and be one of those teams in the Central over 500, I think that's where we finally establish ourselves and we take off running there. So these Iowa games are where we could do it. Yeah, I think these are important. Set the tone this year with these two games and um, go from there. Yep. All right. Is it Toledo time? We're going to get Toledo into an episode? A little bit of T-Town. Yeah, let's go. It's been a minute. Let's talk about the fish. What do you got for me? Oh, I'm covering it. Oh, you're the one with the update. I don't have it in front of me. My phone's in the charger. That phone definitely did not make it to the charger last night. <laughs> you mean this morning? Yeah. <laughs> because you were out taxing everybody around. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks for offering my services there. Appreciate uh, that, sir. I thought that was hilarious. I was like, it I... did. It did make me laugh. I I I did appreciate it. How many DMs did you get for your drives? Uh, none, thank God. Good. The uh, So we'll go through quickly uh, with T-Town. So they played the Cincinnati Cyclones, which uh, 
I want to have an interesting story on them in a little bit. Uh, I think that's for our Patreon episode, right? Yeah, maybe we could do that. Uh, while I lose in the shootout, 4-3, Mr. Trenton Bliss, Sam Craggs, and Brandon Hawkins with goals. And uh, Mr. Trenton Bliss is getting to know Michigan quite well this week. With <laughs> this, this poor guy. Quick, quick call-up and the quick set-down. Uh, I don't oh. know how, how close he got to GR in that time. He had to but... turn around on the highway. Yeah. <laughs> Um, they were on a six-game win streak at that point, uh, point streak to seven since they lost in the shootout. Uh, Bender played that game. Uh, Walleye played at the K-Wings on the 29th. Walleye won 3-2 in overtime on a goal by Le- Lewandowski. Three-point game. Sawchuk had a two-point game. Uh, Bender played that one as well because I think... Donnie that... was still with us at that point. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then... While I played uh, at home against the Cyclones on the 30th, while I won 4-2, Cruz and Beraldo led the third period comeback with Santazo sealing with the empty net. I think Beraldo, that was his first goal, I want to say. Yes, that was his first goal. So he got a nice little uh, lunch pail at the end of the game. The, the whole Good team bench was light up for that game, for that goal. They were happy for him. The... <laughs> Last one while I played um, Kalamazoo. Wow. While I played the comments on New Year's Eve and they dominated Fort Wayne six to four. Four walleye players posted at least two points. Riley Suchuk had a three point game, two goals, one assist. Uh, Craig's, Denomi, and Papa Vasis posted two point nights. Those are some names I haven't heard in a while or at all. Oh. Uh, Lathamin played this game, stopped 34 38. Uh, yeah, he had just came back from G, uh, from Grand Rapids. So, uh, Toledo has won nine out of their last 10, picking up 19 of a possible 20 points. They've got three and three next weekend. So, they play home versus Fort Wayne at Cincy and then home versus Cincy. Yeah, Toledo now leads the central division, uh, at 44 points over Fort Wayne's 33 points. Uh, they are 20. Four, one, and three in their last 28 games that they've played. They are third in the Western Conference behind Idaho and Kansas City, who's been a team that's been on a tear lately. They're seven and two and one in their last 10. Uh, so they've kind of leapfrogged everybody. Uh, points on the team, you know, we talked about a couple guys there. Uh, this is just a mind boggling stat, just of how good this player is in the ECHL. Brandon Hawkins, 28 games played, 17 goals, 23 assists for 40 points in 28 games. Who's the next leading person? Sam Craggs, who's on an absolute freaking tear this season. 28 games played, 18 goals, 13 assists, 31 points. Um, Trenton Bliss, 28 games played, 12 goals, 18 assists, 30 points. They have, the Toledo Walleye have four players right now that are over a point per game this, this might, season. This might be the year for the Kelly Cup. Mitchell Lewandowski is the other guy. He's got 27 points in 25 games. Uh, there is some Toledo news in that where Kirill Tatayev has returned to Russia, unfortunately. Uh, it Money makes sense for this kid. He's going to go make way more money playing over there, and he's going to get to be home and all that. I just don't think he was gelling well with the, the walleye this year. Uh, sucks because we liked him, but at the same time, going to go you're going to go i don't think we saw any any avenue of him coming back up to grand Rapids at this point once you start stuffing guys like trenton bliss and riley saw chuck and do in front of him yeah. i mean he instantly was at the bottom of that depth chart so that sucks but here we are but, that was a, you know that was an interesting story too because like we heard the rumors before from our toledo guy and then where i saw news come out that putin wanted everybody back and then within we kind of considered we kind of thought it was more homesickness for Kirill than anything. And then I saw the Putin thing and I'm like, oh, maybe, they, you know, and then like within a few hours, uh, Kirill and <laughs> they announced that he's going back to Russia. So who knows? Uh, maybe there is more more to that. But uh, makes me others, oh. makes me concerned for Butch. I think I, the, the politics will play into that. But at the same time, I, I don't I don't. I don't know enough about it. I'm not educated enough about it to speak on it. But well, start story, learning Russian, bro. No, <laughs> the uh, storyline too for the walleye during that stretch where Lesman was up was 
Bednar played some really good hockey. I mean, he's 14 games, he's 10 wins. Actually, they're both at 14 games and 10 wins, which is funny. Uh, his goals against is 2.9, his save percentage is .88. Uh, 42 goals against compared to Johnny's 51 goals against. And Johnny's got about 40 more shots against stuff, too. So. The goaltending situation continues to be interesting in Toledo, where they're about averaging three goals a game. Uh, Johnny's getting closer to four. Bednar seems to be taking over the crease a little bit there. It's still very balanced, but uh, for for a guy that's kind of come in, this is his first full season in that league. It you like to see, you like what he's got going on. You like to see it. I'm, I'm yeah. happy with it. So. That's a, a good, solid walleye update. Shout out to Travis for some of the stats there since he's been going to the games and helping us out there. I'm so mad at myself about that Kalamazoo one, by the way. Why? What? Because I scheduled myself to work in Kalamazoo that Saturday without looking at the walleye schedule, and I easily could have scheduled myself to work in Kalamazoo on Friday. Oh, no. It would have been very easy for me to do. It was too we, late for me to make a change. We, uh, I think with the slow season for work, we're going to start going to every other Saturday. Somebody like one of us is going to be off. So I'm going to try to make it down. I think the game that I saw was like March 2nd would be my rotation to be able to go. Um, Cause I do want to go down to Toledo. I do want to make a game. And uh, there's one in February that we'll see Toledo here in Kalamazoo that I'm going to try to go to. Cause they paint the ice. Yeah. So I know you uh, really want to go to one of those. Yeah. So and I got all my Toledo jerseys in this year now. So yeah, you got your Charlie Brown one, you got your Spider-Man one. They're both I'll, sick. I'll probably wear my Spider-Man one for the Heroes Night NGR. I would. That's pretty sick. <laughs> I didn't think about that. So that's like, really cool. Schedule, so well, uh, anything else you got for this week, man? Um, we covered Shine, we covered Trenton Bliss, we covered Czar called up, Simon call up. We covered that a little bit. Yeah, he got um, called up, played a couple games, got sent back down. That's yeah, the storyline there. Um, dang, I felt like I had something else that I wanted to cover. No, we thought this was going to be so long with going a week without and having three games in there, but our new cadence has kind of worked really well. We hope everyone else enjoys it too. Instead of me just reading a game sheet, actually talking about more of the details of the games, so you know it helps. Oh, uh, we got watching them a lot, so. Yeah, we have been watching a lot more. Um, Winter Classic today. Just about to start, actually. Who you got? Oh, man. I want Seattle to win it, but here's the thing with Winter Classics is the road team usually wins. Oh, wow. Interesting. It's kind of a crazy stat. Uh, But at the same time, Vegas has absolutely dominated Seattle since their inception. So uh, I don't think it's going to end well for them, but I hope Seattle wins. Those jerseys are so sick. Seeing the full kit together. It's so, have you seen the goalie's mask? I did. Yeah. The whole setup today I saw, they went through it on. Uh, oh, it's got down. his face underneath the hat. It looks just like a perfect continuation. It looks like he's not even wearing it almost. And so it's creepy, but weird. <laughs> I, I love it. Um, no, that's going to be a fun game to watch. We got a lot of good sports today, uh, so I'm going to get to watch some good games while I edit. We got the Winter Classic. We got Michigan, Alabama at five. Hopefully Michigan pulls this one out. I don't know if I'll be awake enough to watch Washington play tonight. That game starts so late. What time? Eight? 8.45. Jesus. Yeah, I don't think I'll make it through the full game, but it would be a nice, easy New Year's Day. I got to work tomorrow. I didn't think I had to. I'm oh, really bummed about that. We have we have as well today marked the first ever professional women's hockey league game. I know and I missed it. I feel terrible. I've heard I heard just looking through Twitter, the New York goalie uh is pretty good. The setup, <laughs> she, her setup is sick. It's so uh, sick. I do love that. So uh, um, I, I guess they're streaming all the games on YouTube. I guess so. And it's uh it was a packed house. I saw the highlight for the first goal and that New York City game is it's packed. It's a full arena. So I was happy to see that. Anything to grow the game, I'm down for it. And I want to see this league be successful. I, I want to see it expand. And um I, I think this is something where down the line there I don't know if they're gonna focus on big cities only. I mean, I'd love to see a Detroit team, obviously, but if you know, if we go into smaller markets for a league like this, if it ends up being Something like that. I'd love to see a Grand Rapids one. That would be so sick. Yeah, Grand Rapids. It would be a scheduling nightmare, but it would be so sick. Yeah. 
What do you mean? We'd just be in, you know, Cleveland or Rockford for I, I just want more weeks. sports here. I want I want a soccer team. A women's women's hockey team would be awesome. I, I just want more. Yeah. I mean more sports. But yeah, man. After that, nothing else to add this week, huh? Nothing else. All right. Well, I'll close it out here. Thank you everyone for tuning in, especially over the last year. We we're, we're coming up on our one year anniversary on this podcast here soon. We'll do something special for that. I don't know what yet, but it's coming up. Maybe an interview. Maybe. Um, we'll we'll keep teasing the little things we got going on and leaving everyone in the dark here. But <laughs> thank you everyone. I hope everyone had a safe and happy holiday, a happy new year, a merry Christmas, or whatever you celebrate. I hope you enjoyed it with you and your family. Um, with that. Thank you to the Hockey Podcast Network for being awesome hosts. Shout out to DraftKings for being great sponsors. I hope everybody has a fantastic week. And remember, Taylor Decker reported. Love you. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Hockey Town West podcast. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at HockeyTownWPod. And your host, Nick at GR Hockey Guy and Brandon at Brandon GR Hockey.